Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. We've got a bit of a fish and wine theme for this week's podcast as we are going to learn about Joe's Salmon Lodge. It's located off the coast of BC as they gear up for another busy fishing season. And then a bit later in the podcast, we'll head to the wine country of Oliver Osoyoos as their growing season is set to begin. But to start the podcast, I want to talk about happiness and the relationship between travel and happiness. Now, according to a new survey from Travel Zoo, there's a link between spontaneous travel and happiness. Apparently, those who travel spontaneously are happier people. So to explain it further, we're joined now by Paul Christmer. He's the chief happiness officer and founder of happinessexperts.ca. Hi, Paul. Well, hello, Randy. Thanks for having me. It's not very often I get to talk to a happiness expert. Uh, your website is happinessexperts.ca. Uh, just for a few seconds, tell me how you founded uh, happinessexperts.ca or the happiness experts company oh gee i was in a a corporate gig for years and years and years basically using the tools of positive psychology to motivate myself and my my team that worked with me and at some point i just said you know what this is so much fun i should do it as a full-time business and so i opened this business a number of years ago and i have the pleasure of traveling a lot and speaking and teaching audiences about happiness and that's why i wrote a book called full person happiness and it's just it's my passion. I can tell by your voice you're a happy guy. So let me tell you let me ask you about uh, the relationship between happiness and travel. Well, that's super cool. That there's it makes intuitive sense, doesn't it that when we are doing things that are fun like travel, we're happier. But Travel Zoo, a, a website all about uh, travel industry, mm-hmm. has actually done a, a scientific survey and demonstrates, and this won't surprise you, that people who are spontaneous travelers are happier. So now define spontaneous. If I'm going, does it mean I'm, I'm just going to go to the airport tomorrow and find a flight, throw my, and pay for a flight and go somewhere? <laughs> well, it, it's basically anybody who takes an, un, for the survey purposes, it's uh-huh. somebody who takes an unplanned trip of at least one night away from home. And that unplanned trip is that it's short-term planning. You're doing it more or less on the spur of the moment, or your destination is more or less spur of the moment. So you may say, I'm gonna, I've got two weeks off in the summer, but you don't decide where you're going until the day before you go. Okay. So now how does uh, spontaneous travel make people happier than planning, say, a vacation six months in advance? I mean, that would make you pretty happy too, right? Or is there degrees of happiness? Well, the thing that's interesting is that um, spontaneity is associated with lots of pleasure rewards. And so spontaneous travelers are allowing their leisure activity to come unscripted, whereas a lot of us are spending too much of our time taking care of an agenda and crossing things off on our list, even when we're on vacation. So travelers who do things with more spontaneity are, are doing more discovery and they're challenging themselves and they get the reward of discovery that's a little bit different than people who pre-plan things. So what about those grumpy people? And I know a few that, uh, and I'm sure you do too, and I'm just going to use the word grumpy people that don't like to travel or they come up with every excuse uh, not to travel. They don't want to, you know, have to go through airport security or fly in an airplane or get on a ship or sit in a hotel. (laughs) We all know people like this, right? Well, there's a confusing thing. I think the people who have that perspective say, well, I prefer doing the same routine over and over again because that makes me quote unquote happy. Mm-hmm. But I think what they're replacing is the sense of security uh, for what's really joyful. And so if I like to go to the same places all the time or staying at home because I, my life has become predictable and gives me security, well, that's, 
one kind of thing, but it's not the joy that comes when we stretch ourselves and are challenged and allow our natural curiosity to kind of pour out into the world. And that stuff makes you truly happy. Mm -hmm. And and I guess, uh, you know, cost doesn't really come into a factor. You don't have to spend a lot of money if you're just going on a, you know, a weekend away close by like an hour's drive or something, right? We're not talking about a huge investment here, right? No, that's a really good uh, perspective. Even the Travel Zoo survey kind of looked at the demographics and the people, the millennials are the most likely demographic to be traveling spontaneously. And we know de facto that millennials are going to be the least wealthy of the demographics we're looking at. So as you say, it's not money. It's not necessarily a trip, exotic trip to Australia. It could be an overnight trip to the neighboring city. Mm-hmm. Or even uh, maybe a bit of a staycation in your own city, right? Sometimes that, is, that spontaneity can help too. Totally. It could be some restaurant you've never been to, some recreational activity, uh, anything like that, that's just bringing newness and novelty and allowing your curiosity to express itself. (laughs) So what should people take away from this? I know we've discussed a few things, but what's the main point you're trying to get across? Well, say yes to spontaneity. Like uh, I said, put inspiration into your inbox. Sign up for a a newsletter or something like that, like the one at the Travel Zoo, Uh so that regularly you're being stimulated with ideas about places you'd like to go or things to do. And of course, you can't do them all. But if you're at least thinking about it and considering it and readying yourself to go and do something exciting, like and get your passport uh, updated or renewed, um, and say yes when opportunities come along. Mm-hmm. We often are finding the reasons not to do things. Well, find reasons to do something new. Very good. Don't worry. Be happy. Right. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah, that's it, that's it Randy. <laughs> I'm just paraphrasing a song, that's all. I love that song. Uh, Paul Chrismer, uh, happiness expert. You can find his website, uh, happinessexperts.ca. He is the chief happiness officer. I love that title. Uh, and uh, the founder of the Happiness Experts Company. Uh, you made me happy chatting with you, Paul, and, and now I want to be more spontaneous. Real pleasure, Randy. Have a great day, man. Well, if you're into fishing or just enjoy being in the outdoors or on the water, there's a fantastic place for you to visit. It's Joe's Salmon Lodge. It's located off the coast of BC, and the owner of Joe's Salmon Lodge is Doug Stufko. The website is joessalmonlodge.com, and Doug is here now to tell us more about Joe's Salmon Lodge. Hi, Doug. Hey, how you doing? I'm well, thank you. I guess my first question would be, if you're the owner of Joe's Salmon Lodge and your name is Doug, how come it's not Doug's Salmon Lodge? <laughs> well, you know, lots of people ask me that, and um, the original owner uh, was named uh, Joe, and, and uh, he actually hired me when I was 15 years old as a dog boy, and then uh, worked my way up to uh, Fishmaster, and then over the years became manager, and then had a chance to, to uh, come in as, as a partner, and uh, here we are, 32 years later, um, I just, people people sometimes do call me Joe, and and I just go with it, uh, but uh, I could never change the name. Uh-huh. Well, I, I guess uh, since you started with your 15, there's pretty much nothing you don't know and nothing you haven't done uh, as far as uh, running the lodge, right? Yeah, you know, uh, that's that's one thing about uh, Joe's is, is um, you know, I, I've been there since I was 15, uh, learned school hard knocks at a young age, and um, became fishmaster, but I was I was a fishmaster for about uh, I guess about twelve years, 
So I got to know a cut plug pretty good. And uh, I tell you what, and, uh, not too many people can uh, can take me on. <laughs> so tell me about the lodge. Uh, where is it located? What makes it uh, unique? Our lodge is located about 400 miles north of Vancouver in a place called Hackeye Pass. Uh, to give you a scenario in uh, exactly where we are, it's about 35 miles south of Bella Bella and approximately 90 miles north of, of uh, Port Hardy. And then... Uh, Inland would be uh, closest to us, Bella Coola. That's about where we're at. Um, what was the other question? Oh, just what makes it unique from other uh, fishing lodges? Uh, well, what, what makes us unique uh, is we all floating, and we have the opportunity to uh, go north, go south. We can go anywhere we want on the coast, and we have in the past. We've gone uh, up to the Charlottes. Uh, we fished uh, northern location, north of, of uh, Hawkeye, in Laredo Sound, and and I've fished everywhere on the coast. And what makes uh, what makes Hawkeye Pass unique is it's basically uh, if you put it onto a, a big picture of a river system, it is uh, so many spots in Hawkeye that are like the back eddies of the ocean, uh, and and that's where the bait tends to to hold, and then uh, the big Chinook silvers, uh, cohos, they come in and feed on them. So uh, we don't use downriggers. Uh, we, we don't use any uh, hard gear. It's just all cup plug and 8-ounce weight, and, and it is the ultimate way to fish. Uh, you're just hands-on technique, and, and it's the best. Uh, I just don't need to go anywhere else. Uh, so this is a floating lodge, I guess, uh, I, I gather, right? Yeah, it's a floating lodge. It gives us the opportunity to be closer to the fishing grounds. It's, it's, um, it's five minutes to the fishing grounds, up to 40 minutes. This depends how far we want to go. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, tell me about the accommodations. How many people can you accommodate uh, at a time? Uh, with us, comfortably is two to a room, two to a boat, and then uh, we got fifteen rooms, so we can do thirty people comfortably. And uh, the rooms themselves, uh, describe uh, describe uh, the, the the accommodations in more detail as far as uh, you know, like comfort comfort and that sort of thing. All right, our place, uh, very comfortable rooms, two single beds in each room, there's a sink in the bathroom, and then showers are off to the side. And so if I'm planning a fishing trip, uh, what do I need to do? I guess I better start planning it uh, pretty quick. You do book up fast through the through the season, don't you? Yeah, you know, right now for, for our 2019 season, uh, about 95% sold out. And uh, <clears throat> this is this is a... Uh, uh, I, an average problem that I do have this time of the year, uh, happy to say. But um, with us, it, it's, uh, you know, you want to book uh, you know, any, October, September, October is best to get in uh, for the following season. But, uh, yeah, still taking bookings right now. And so what do I need to know? Uh, what do I need to bring? Do you supply all the the gear, uh, food, that, sort of, that type of thing? And how long is a typical stay? Okay, with us, it, you know, it's... Um, it's a it's a all inclusive package except your fishing license, alcohol, and tax. And basically, all you got to do is get to the Saint Tuman Airport in Vancouver with about twenty pounds of warm clothing, and uh, get on that plane, and we got you covered. So that brings me to my next question: Get on the plane. <laughs> How easy is it to get to the lodge? It's it's really easy. Um, we have 
uh, a plane that takes you from Vancouver, wheel plane, up to Bella Bella. And then uh, from Bella Bella in, we uh, use a water taxi. Total time, you leave the Vancouver airport at 2 p.m. and you get into the lodge by 5.05 p.m. And what is a typical package? How many nights are you talking about? How many days fishing? You know, um, to make it simple, uh, we do packages that are a four-day, which would be like a Wednesday to a Saturday. Uh We do a uh, five-day, which would be a Saturday to a Wednesday. Uh Uh-huh. So you have people, uh, it's kind of like a cruise ship, right? You get people checking out and checking in at the same time, right? Yeah, it's it's seven days a week nonstop. This year we're doing 22 trips, and it's just back-to-back trips. There is no days off of Joe's. Uh, and when does the season start? Uh, this year our season starts June 20th is our opening day, and then uh, we're back. Uh, we're, our last uh, trip out is September 8th. And you said you're 95% sold out now. Can I book for 2020 already, or do I have to wait for the fall? Uh, basically, <clears throat> if you call me on, on our toll-free number, one 8822 you can talk to me personally, and uh, I, I never turn away uh, any bookings. I'd hate to say no. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess when it comes to fishing, there are no guarantees, but uh, it looks like you know where all the spots are and all the secrets are, so... Is it, is it pretty much uh, you're going to get a, a catch or two? Yeah. You know, I mean, if if you can't catch salmon at my lodge, then uh, you're obviously spending uh, way too much time in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I suppose there's the other uh, aspect of uh, being up at the lodge is, is the uh, beautiful scenery and some of the other uh, add-ons that you might see uh, that's uh, with the wildlife and those types of things too, right? Uh, the, the marine life uh, in Hackai Pass is amazing. Uh, you, you, in your five-day stay, you'll actually get uh, you'll get a little choked at the uh, humpback whales. Bay whales. Uh, there's there's so many around. It's just incredible. But they do wreak havoc when you're trying to you know go into this quiet little spot and uh, catch forty-pound springs all day. And then you know there's bait everywhere, and the big big uh, gray whale comes in and takes them all. <laughs> you uh, do you do all the work, and the whales times, come and take but, all the uh, fish. Yeah, yeah, it is gorgeous. Um, sea lions, eagles, whales, wolves, bears, everything. Everything the coast has to offer, we have it. And do you go to the same spot every day? Like if you're on a four-day trip, do you do go to different spots? Yeah, see, what best, you know, some of the best fishing can be five minutes from the lodge, but uh, I am still in the staff that uh, we want to show our clients our safari. We want to put them on safari and show them our backyard. So we uh, we go the extra distance. Uh, we make sure that our guests are not tired and, and bored of fishing in the same spot, and we move home. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see lots of land, and it's hard to hard to see in in five days everything. Real as much as we can. Well, it sounds like a, a fabulous a fabulous experience. Even if you're not a fisherman, if you're a first timer, can you still do it? Absolutely. Yeah, user friendly for sure. Um, my fish masters, as soon as you get to the lodge, we give you a full instructional on how to do everything, go over safety, um, how we do the cut plug herring and power mooching. And then uh, my fish masters will lead you out to the fishing grounds. And, and they're in the area of times. And this is dawn till dusk. I mean, this, this is a lodge that's for hardcore fishermen. Awesome. Well, it sounds like a great time. Uh, Joe's Salmon Lodge. The website is joesalmonlodge.com. And Doug Stuffco is the owner of Joe's Salmon Lodge. Uh, pleasure chatting with you, uh, with you, Doug. Thanks for doing this. 
Thank you very much, Randy. Tight lines. Cheers, bud. So now that you've caught your fish, how about pairing it with a nice glass of wine? And to do that, we look no further than the wine country of Oliver Osoyoos, B.C. To tell us more about the area is Jennifer Busman. She is the executive director of the Oliver Osoyoos Winery Association. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, how are you today? I'm well. I'm excited to learn all about wine and how it's made in the Oliver Osoyoos wine country area. But I guess we should do some basics uh, for those who have never been uh, or may not know where uh, Oliver Osoyoos wine country is, give us a general uh, geographic description. I think I can do that, Randy. Uh, <laughs> Oliver Osoyoos uh, wine country is really in the southern uh, tip of the province, south of Kelowna. Kelowna seems to be the uh, reference point for most visitors um, from many of our other prairie provinces. Um, it's really easy to fly into Kelowna and rent a car, take a tour bus. Uh, down to the south end of the valley. Uh, We're about an hour and a half uh, south of Kelowna, or if you're familiar uh, with Penticton, uh, we're about 30 minutes south of Penticton. Mm, Good, and you're almost on the U.S. border, right? Basically, our wine region goes from Vaso Lake um, to the Soyuz border. So, yes, we are right on the American border. Nice. So, uh, now, how many vineyards and wineries are we talking about here? I'm looking on, like, your map that's from your website, which is oliverosoyus.com, by the way, and I, I think it would probably take almost a year to visit all these <laughs> wineries. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that you'd love to know is I've basically tried almost every wine from every winery on that map. Good Have for you. you. <laughs> it's part of research and development and my job, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> We have 43 wineries that are members to our organization, um, and we've been growing over the years. We started with just nine wineries uh, about 11 years ago, and so we kind of seem to grow grow each and every year. Um, total wineries in our region, probably between 45 and 50. Um, we know that we have new wineries that will be opening in the fall of 2019 and early 2020, uh, which aren't members yet. Uh, but we have a really good representation uh, of wineries in an area that probably, hmm, as a crow flies, is less than 50 kilometers in length. So you can visit all these in one day, probably. Well, <laughs> I'm joking. If you have more than 24 hours in one day, most definitely. Um, but I really, our golden rule, or my golden rule, I should say, for when I'm out visiting, even if it's a neighboring wine region, is... You know, a person can visit about four, maybe five vineyards in a day just because you have to allocate time for traffic and mm. getting from one to the other. And some wineries have more wines to taste than others, and some have tours, and and some of them have uh, opportunities for you to buy, like, a picnic lunch so you can make your own, like, little charcuterie board. And, you know, others, we have members that actually do charcuterie in their in-house made mustards and jellies, and they work with local cheeseries. And you can go and kind of have, like, a like an afternoon snack and tasting, and it'll easily take you, like, two and a half hours, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess you should do your research, uh, all kidding aside. Uh, if you want to take in those types of things, like, I'm getting the understanding that not all wineries are created equal here. 
They aren't. And they're all different um, sizes and shapes, I guess. You know, and, and each experience at each winery is very different. We have some, you know, larger wineries, you know, that make 50,000 plus cases a year. And we have some wineries uh, in our organization that make as, as few as 1,500 cases a year. Um, and so, you know, in, in both locations, they have really great offerings, but they're really quite diverse from one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so is it different visiting a vineyard or winery this time of year versus, say, in October? Oh, very different. So this time of the year, things are pretty quiet. Uh, wineries are really just ramping up for the year. They're busy filtering and getting ready to bottle. Uh, they're busy out in the vineyards, uh, pruning, uh, getting irrigation up and running for the season. Um, you know, they haven't onboarded all the staff yet. So it's, it's a very different kind of experience versus if you come in the fall, say, I don't know, September, October, mm-hmm. it's harvest. And we have so much going on at harvest. You know, you can stop at a random winery one day and meet the winemaker and be crushing grapes and trying grapes right fresh out of the vineyard before they're getting pressed uh, to make juice for wine. And, you know, the, the diversity, you could really come, Randy, you could come to wine country, you could come now and go cycling and touring. Mm-hmm. And then you could come back in July when it's smoking hot <laughs> and all the winery restaurants are open and you could eat and drink and beach it. And then you could come back in October and you could do it all again and have a completely different experience. Well, cool. That sounds like a great plan. Uh, now, if I am planning on uh, booking a trip there, what do I need to know? Give me some insider secrets. So some insider secrets are no... Know the wineries you want to go to in advance or, you know, pick four or five or maybe you have three or four wineries that you really enjoy the wines from at, while you're at home. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then look at a map like the one that we provide uh, on our website at oliverasoyuse.com and really just kind of take a look and go, okay, here's, here's my itinerary. I'm going to go to these four wineries this day. I'm going to eat at this winery restaurant this next day. I'm going to go and do walking tours and picnics the next day. You kind of have to map out what you want Mm -hmm. um, to accomplish. And, you know, if you're a bit of a wine aficionado and you know what varietals you like the best, you can even plan your trip based on those varietals and only go to those wineries. But I think the other thing you need to know is what kind of stay um, are you looking for? Are you wanting to stay at, you know, an internationally known resort? Uh, like Incomeep Resort and the Hotel Spirit Ridge? Or are you wanting to stay at a really nice B&B that's a little more quiet and possibly secluded in a vineyard? Um, Are you wanting to do an Airbnb experience and bring friends and kind of do your own kind of cooking and culinary creations every day? Yeah, there's there's lots of options. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if doing a tour of the of the wineries do i do that on my own or is there uh, people that offer tours well the planning you can do on your own you know if you're wanting to visit a winery to see what a production facility is like and what a barrel cellar is like we do have wineries that offer those experiences i would say that Incomeep cellars and its so use is is one of the best um and they offer other experiences besides the physical tour as well um, you can pop in there for a food and wine pairing tasting that you can book in advance. Um, if you're looking at something that you kind of want to do on your own, at your own pace, you can 
um, visit a winery like Tinhorn Creek, um, where they have a self-guided tour through the winery. You know, we, we have lots and lots of options. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess what I was getting at was uh, I don't just show up, right? <laughs> and say, hey, well, I want to... Oh, really? You can just show up. <laughs> so a winery opens at 10 a.m., and you can just show up and walk in, and they're very friendly at all of the wineries and be like, okay, I'm here to taste wine. I haven't done this before. Help. Okay. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> right? So now there's lots of events going on uh, throughout the year, too. Uh, mention, we only have about a minute here, but uh, mention a couple. I know one's already sold out your, on your, according to your website. Yeah, so Half Course Marathon is something that we're internationally known for. Uh, we won Canadian Tourism uh, Event of the Year uh, a year ago, so that was a pretty big win. Uh, we have 1,500 participants. It's modeled after the Madoc Marathon in France. You literally run a half marathon, and you have a wine experience every one kilometer <laughs> on the route. Oh, my gosh. And then when you're done, we have a big party at the finish line where we have, like, 20, 25 more member wineries, and we have food and wine and music and just a really great time. And so what's the pig out? Uh, well, pig out is, I'll be biased here, it's kind of my favorite. <laughs> it's uh, how we launch our spring season in all of our Soyuz wine country. Uh, we pair with 14 culinary partners in that geographical region and all of our wineries. And the theme is pork every year. It changes just a little bit. Um, so we get restaurants on board like Miradoro, the Sonora Room, uh, Terrafina, uh, Watermark Beach Resort from Asoyuz, and you literally eat and drink and be merry all afternoon. Uh, this year our theme is, it's May 4th, and our theme is May the Pork Be With You. <laughs> I know that I have a chef who is already telling me he's making OB1 cannoli. Oh my. <laughs> we have a ham solo. So I always say to folks, if you don't like pork or you're looking for vegetarian options, it might not be the place for you <laughs> because it is all about pigging out. <laughs> well, that's the name, the pig out, right? Well, it, uh, it sounds like lots of fun no matter what time of year you visit uh, Oliver Osoyoos Wine Country. Uh, you can check out the website. It's oliverosoyoos.com. And Jennifer Busman is the executive director of the Oliver Osoyoos Winery Association. Pleasure chatting with you, Jennifer. Thank you. Yes, you too, Randy. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.